Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of Trojan Talk. I'm Jeff Christianberry alongside Cole Purvis and Zach Taranko. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, let's get right into it here today as we have our, again, our ninth episode. It's been a couple weeks, but we were kind of busy last week, so here we go. Um, welcome to anybody listening on Spotify and Apple. We have those on there, so hopefully you can listen in your car or wherever else you want as well. Um, so let's jump into the football team playing Bangor last Saturday night. So there was a postponement from Friday to Saturday. Um, you know, Friday obviously had you know Bangor had COVID issues, um, and Friday ended up being kind of a rainy, crappy night. So Saturday was probably the best in the end. Um, not much of a game uh, as Thorn Academy goes out and scores 84 points, which is a record that I know of uh, for points scored in a game. Um, Bangor came in at three and zero, but obviously it wasn't uh, it wasn't too close. So first we'll talk to Zach. I mean, you you were at the game, you covered mm-hmm. it. Um, what were some of the major takeaways that you took from that game? Well, definitely that uh, the Trojans came to play, and I don't think Bangor did. I think that uh, defensively, Bangor struggled, and the Trojans played well, and the special teams is working. Uh, it's almost fantastic for the Trojans. They had four touchdowns, both punt returns and kickoff returns um, combined. So it, it was a great game for the Trojans, and I think that um, they played all, you know perfect all the way up to the second half when they started to put the subs in, and then they still scored more points. And so it definitely shows that um, – you know, some of the teams may not, the records may not constitute where they are just because of who they've played. But, I mean, the Trojans have Bonnie Eagle and Oxford Hills coming up, so I think it, they'll have a, a little bit of a struggle. But it was definitely a fun blackout game just to, to score 84 points and have everybody there, and it was it was a fun night. Now, Thornton Academy loses Bryant in the second game against Marshwood, mm-hmm. and usually you'd be like, oh, what are we going to do? But yep. they just kind of keep trucking along. Isaiah Jones comes back. And has been just incredible, and he had a couple of those, uh, you know, at least one of those special teams touchdowns. What have you seen from him in the first couple of weeks that he's been on there? What kind of dynamic he brings, both on special teams and, and of course, as a wide receiver? Well, he's definitely a strong receiver, and he's definitely a great special teams guy. He he really likes to likes to you know pump up his guys, and he he's always kind of in the play. Even if he's not catching the ball, he's always going to be there. And I think it was like the perfect replacement for Bryant. And it worked out the right way, as you said. Bryant leaves and then Isaiah Jones comes right back. So there wasn't, you know, they didn't really have to to stop and regroup. They just kept going and trekking through. And so it it was a great, uh, a great, you know, it just worked out perfectly for the Trojans. And I think that uh, if they were to get Bryant back, I'm not sure how many more weeks that would be. It'd be a uh, a fantastic wide receiver core for the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know anything, any details, but I have heard that his injury is not season-ending. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully back. Now, Cole, uh, you can certainly give your your thoughts on the game itself, but we got to talk about the baby powder. It, it was even crazier than it has before. <laughs> I saw some pictures. I wasn't able to go to the game, but like, what was the experience like there? And on what you saw on the field, but of course off the field as well. It was crazy. You couldn't see a foot in front of you at one point when everybody dumped it at the same time. It was. Uh, it definitely uh, got in my throat, uh, hard to breathe, but it, it was super fun. Now, I've heard, like, it's not just baby powder because people run out of baby powder, so they're doing, like... Cornstarch. Cornstarch. I saw foot powder. What does that <laughs> I mean? So here's a question. is How coordinated is it? Like, did everybody say, oh, yeah, we're not going to throw until the first touchdown or a certain time of the game? Like, how does that work? Is there, like, a... Uh, a message that goes out to say like so it's not just like a free-for-all at the start yeah they said at the beginning of the game to save it for the second half but of course <laughs> nobody did and then at the start of the second half 
I thought it was supposed to be the first score of the second half, but I guess the second half started and everybody just <laughs> threw it up in the air and it was crazy. It's probably like a, a, a you know snowball effect. One person does it and then yeah. another person does it and the underclassmen, the freshmen yeah. do it and then you know. Yep. Um, but so Zach, you were actually not in the student section, down on the field. What did it look like from there? And did it waft towards uh, the crowd or did it go out to the field? What did it do? Definitely looked a little different because it was going not towards the crowd but the other way, so you could just kind of see the huge cloud, and it was pretty crazy. I've never I've never seen it like that. I, I did see some uh some green and pink smoke which i'm not sure where that was coming from but lots of things you know being thrown it was just crazy because like you got you've got like the younger kids who want to be a part of it so they throw it early like oh, i want to be the first one to throw it and they throw it and then you just start to see the start of the second half and you just see that going crazy and i just felt bad with people who just want to be there to watch and like like the like people in the student section who are there right. and they, they know they're gonna get baby powder on them but you know they're standing there and just get drenched in it it is the point now, I think, though, that if you go to that game, you yeah. know you're going to potentially get baby powder. Yeah. Um, but other than that, Cole, what was it like being in the student section? It's always one of the, the most fans. And what is it like having all those people cheering for TA, especially when the game, you know, we scored a lot of points, obviously. It's great. And I missed my freshman year, so I missed the we hate freshman chants and all that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, it's super fun. You guys get you guys got lucky at least you did because the freshmen used to get especially at the beginning of the year assembly would get booed mercifully yeah. as, yep. as they were released first but didn't have to do it obviously we didn't have it last year or this year uh, so kind of wrapping up on football you know Thornton Academy plays at Bon Eagle it's always a huge game state championship rematch from 2019 uh, but Bon Eagle on paper does not look like mm -hmm. as as good as they've been in the years past they almost lost to Kenny Bunk at a Class B school and they lost to Oxford Hills so Zach what are you looking for this you know, this week. Definitely to dominate. That's what they want to do. And, you know, Oxford Hills did beat Bonnie Eagle uh, on the same day that they beat, uh, the Trojans beat Bangor. So it was not more of a shock, but just, you know, okay, so Oxford Hills is, is now what looks like to be the team that we have to beat. And so I think that, you know, if they can crush Bonnie Eagle, it'll, it'll be a, a great, uh, it'll boost the team and the morale just because, you know, losing to the, in the state championship to Bonnie Eagle was not very fun for them so i think that it'd be great for them to win i think i think they will win uh, they definitely want to keep working on you know all the things that they might make little mistakes on because again once you know playoff comes around they don't want to make those mistakes especially you know against uh, teams like oxford hills or bonnie eagle and bonnie eagle yeah go for it i want to see if ta is going to put together some long drives now because every time anthony jones or isaiah jones touches the ball they're a threat to score and so they're setting us up in great field position. Jack Emerson only had to throw 10 passes the other night. Mm -hmm. I believe three or four of them were touchdowns, um, and he completed seven of them. So I think this team might have to, against a good Bonnie Eagle team, might have to put, put together some longer drives. It's not going to be these uh, – long touchdowns by Anthony Jones every time so I'm interested to see how that goes yeah very interesting and and you know even though Bonnie Eagle's a little bit down this year I mean they're obviously very well coached and anytime we go out to Standish crazy things happen one guarantee about that game no cell phone reception so yep. if you're looking for for updates on the Twitter feed can't guarantee that because the reception on Standish isn't great especially for AT&T uh, okay so we're going to move on now to girls soccer uh, we had a girls soccer live stream on Tuesday uh, girls soccer team's been rolling this year, mm -hmm. six and one. They come against Kenny Bunk last night and lose three nil. Um, Zach, you called that game. You know, what was some of the? Just give a quick recap for those who didn't see it on the live stream. That was a great game, and all the goals. I, you know, again they had uh, the third string goalie in, which is which would be the JV uh, goalie, and all three of them, even the starters for varsity, are all freshmen. So it's definitely a young team, and uh, 
Kenny Bunn came in 2-4, and four, but again, the teams that they lost to were teams that Trojans haven't played to, and obviously they were a great team. Trojans struggled a little bit, you know, defensively, and, and I remember Sidney Dumas for Kenny Bunk was so fast, like on the side, and they just couldn't stop it, and I think that the way the Trojans play is more of a three-back with the, the fourth-back kind of playing up a little bit, which didn't seem to work versus Kenny Bunk. You know, they give three goals. It wasn't bad. They played well. Being 6-2 and two isn't bad. I think that they definitely have a lot more games coming up, so, you know, they just got to keep moving through it, and... um it was fun to announce, and it wasn't a blowout, which we've had a couple of those uh, on live streams this year. So it was it was a good game, but um, it's definitely not. There's still things to be proud of, and things to, you know, say. Hey, we did this well, and things we didn't do this well. So let's move forward and just keep winning games. Yeah, three 0 didn't really indicate how close the game was. I mm-hmm. mean, Kenny Monk didn't score f- until a few minutes ago in the first half, and then yep. um, it just was. Uh, it really came down to defensive clearances, really for yep. for TA on a corner kick, and then a, it's just kind of a scramble in front, and that's always. That's always tough. Well, we're going to have our special guest in here now. Uh, Mia Claire Kiesel is going to be joining us here from the soccer team. So let's talk to Mia Claire. All right, now we're joined by senior uh, captain for the girls' soccer team, Mia Claire Kiesel. How are you doing this morning? Good. How about you? Excellent. So we were just talking about last night's game against Kenny Bunk. You know, you guys came in with a pretty good record, Kenny Bunk at 2-4. and four, But obviously those records, or especially Kenny Bunk's record, didn't really indicate how well they played. And 3-0, we were saying, didn't really indicate how close the game was. But what was it like out there? And what, what was kind of the struggles to, to stop their attack? I think it was just we were having a hard time finding each other last night. Um, our combinations weren't the best. Um, when we got some passes going, we were able to get through their defense and find some shots. But overall, we just were a little off. Our energy wasn't as high as it usually was. And we, you guys obviously had a, your, your third string goalie, we'll call it. But she seemed to, play, seemed to play pretty well. And how confident were you going in that even though there were some injuries to the, to the first two strings that she was going to do okay? I was definitely confident in her because she could easily be our starting goalie. Our goalies this year, it was a tight race for who was going to be the varsity starter. So I had no doubts that she was going to keep us in the game. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously, you know, you're a senior captain this year, and, and you're one of the only seniors on the team. What has it been like to be, you know, one of the, the big leaders for this team that's, you know, 6-2 and two, but having a, a great run so far? Um, it's been it's been awesome. The underclassmen are awesome. Um, they, they're a lot of fun. It doesn't – I don't try to think of myself as just, like, I'm going to be the leader. Everybody needs to follow me. I try to incorporate everybody. It's been a lot of fun getting to know all these underclassmen as well. What was the key to the, to your six and one start? You know, you scored, you guys have scored a lot of goals, but also not given any many up. And what do you think was the team chemistry? Was it just you know really strong individual efforts? What do you think the key to that was? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, our underclassmen are really strong. They have done a lot for us, keeping us like in games for goals and. Um, but it's also been the team chemistry. I feel like we're a really close team. We try to keep it positive. There's never any negativity, and I think that really helps everybody feel confident with what they're doing. Excellent. You know, last night we saw Quincy Tibble had a, had a great game, and she's obviously you know one of the freshmen on the team. How what has it been like to kind of you know we've already talked about obviously you know trying to incorporate the younger freshmen, but what has it been like to work with new players that you've you've never really been with before that are just coming in and are new to the program? Uh, it's been awesome, especially this year with our freshmen being a really strong class. With at one point, I think we had six freshmen starting in a game, and I mean that says a lot about this skill. Um, and then never being able to play with them, like Charlotte Belange, I played with her sister, and then to be able to play with her as well, it's been awesome. We talk. Uh, we've talked to every athlete, um, you know, either last spring or this this fall about the break. You know, in terms of not have really having a season last year, and what was that like coming back from going from a sophomore, basically? I mean, you played a little bit last year to a senior, 
and having a full season. What was that transition like for the first few weeks? Um, first few weeks, it was a. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a lot. It was just like it's more things to do, which is awesome. There's no like boredom, I guess now. Um, but it's been awesome to be able to get right back into the season and just go like be submerged right back into what it was like sophomore year. What is it like, uh, you know, having, uh, we'll talk more about soccer in a second, but we were talking about the, the, the football game the other night and baby powder. Where do you stand on the baby powder? How, did you, how many how many bottles did you buy? How Did you get dumped on? What was it like for you? I did not buy any baby powder. Um, I, it was a lot of fun though. I had, so my, this was my first blackout game of my high school career because I'd never because of other things that had come up. Mm-hmm. So it was, a lo- it was a lot of fun. It was a good atmosphere. Yeah, sometimes I know the girls' soccer team has a, a kind of an opposite schedule of football. Sometimes they're not able to, to play yeah. Yeah. yeah, or go to it. Yeah, so obviously you guys, you know, had a, an unfortunate loss yesterday to Kenny Bunk, but moving forward, you know, there's a lot of games left. What is your, your plan, your motivation for the rest of the season to try to have a, you know, playoff run? Uh, definitely. Um, Let's, we'll find each other, we'll keep the energy, keep the good positivity, and then use this as motivation to say, like, let's go, Marshall, we're ready for you. That's right. What, let's talk about Coach Charlotte for a minute. I graduated the same year as her, um, and she was a great soccer player then and, and, and at the University of Maine, too. But you guys not only, you know, seem to have a lot of high energy and not a lot of it comes from her, but your social media game as a team is, <laughs> is pretty amazing. So what is it like seeing just having her coach you on a day-to-day basis? I love it because after school, a lot of times people are tired. I mean, we're mentally drained from classes, but to have her high energy there, it really gets us going. Um, to know that she was a student athlete too, and she understands sometimes the struggle of going right from classroom to the playing field. And so it's good that she understands that, but she's also there like, guys, we're here to play soccer, let's go kind of thing. So I love her energy. That really helps keeps us, keep us going. Now, there's a lot more travel teams now for, for young women young, and girls, uh, for soccer especially. What, what have you noticed since you started playing soccer? What, t- what age did you start playing soccer, like on teams? Um, I think I started with like soccer practice when I was four. Okay, so it's like been that. a long time, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and so how, how is that? How is it, how's the game evolved? Have you noticed... The, the level of play, both in club and, and in high school, raised over that time, considering there's so many more travel teams for, for girls now? Yeah, definitely. I remember, like, uh, definitely the jump from middle school to high school is a huge jump in itself. But with travel teams, I feel like you it's a big jump from travel teams to uh, high school as well because the travel teams, I find that there's, like, at least the team that I was on, there was a lot more cliques and stuff in high school. We're all, like we're in it for each other and like we work more as a team so I feel like not saying that all travel teams are like that because I know some girls have had really good experiences but for me personally I felt like high school we had a lot more of a bond and we're more in it for each other. Awesome and last question uh you're not certainly not the only one but I always ask what is it like having a a parent that works here (laughs) (laughs) especially a dean (laughs) which is a whole different thing than just a teacher that you may never see. Um I don't know I mean I see my dad in the hallways I'll say hi like I don't think it plays a huge role. Um, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in. You want to give a shout out to your social medias at all? Um, you can follow TA Girls Soccer on Twitter at girls, TA Girls Soccer. TA Girls Soccer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. All right. We want to thank Mia Claire Kiesel for coming in and good luck to the girls soccer team. We do have a couple live streams coming up. Uh, you can check out at TH Roads and Sports on Twitter if you want to find out when those are going to be. Uh, also want to give an update um, for this Thursday, which is the 30th at 715 Girls Field Hockey versus Chevres. 
Uh, we'll be live streaming that as well. Zach will be on the call for that. What do you What do you think of that game, Zach? I mean, field hockey is kind of having an up and down season. They lost a few. They yep. won a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chevers is always a team that gives them a little bit of fits. Yeah, I know Chevers uh, is a pretty young team as well. And I, I mean, I'd say field hockey is pretty young too. Not many uh, seniors on the team, so that may be a big matchup. But being four and four, you, this is the game. It's like you want to go be over five hundred. You want to start, you know, moving forward with you know with your team and and, and going into the playoffs. So it's definitely be a big game, and it's one of those late ones. So it'll be under the lights. It'll be it'll be a fun one for uh, the Tiago uh, field hockey team. And I said before, field hockey, all their home games are like different times, like yep. between 6, 6.30, 7, 6, you know, 7, 7.15, 7.30. But, um, and Cole, let's talk a little bit of golf just real briefly. You guys are, the varsity team's rolling right now. Another win yesterday against Wyndham. What is it? Uh, w- w- the thing about that season is so fast. Like mm-hmm. you guys are already going and thinking about practicing at Natanis, which is where the state meet is. Um, but what what have you seen from the guys, especially some of the guys like Eduardo up front that uh, they've just been rolling this year? Uh, they're crazy good and the thing about the varsity team is it's so competitive so every practice is basically a qualifier for the next match and you'll see some guys go from like top three or top four to being out of the next match so they're really competitive in practice and they have a really good team and whoever they put out there they have a great chance to win yeah well definitely uh, I think next week we're going to be featuring either either the boys soccer team or the golf team so keep an eye out for that all right moving on to um NFL football that's kind of like the you know the, the main the main talking point for the next couple months um we take a look at the AFC North and the NFC West race. Those are the two divisions that people would probably argue is the, are the two best divisions, most yep. deep. Um, what do you think, Zach? After these this weekend worth of results, um, you know Baltimore obviously, you know having some kind of crazy victory mm-hmm. against the the putrid Lions. But uh, what do you see in the AFC North this year? Uh, it, it's pretty crazy. I'm I'm surprised Pittsburgh is so low, and I'm I'm I think the question is is are the Bengals going to stay up at you know in the top of that race? And I think it's going to be really close up to, up until the end, just because the you know, the divisional matchups are going to be so close, you know, Cleveland playing Baltimore and Cleveland playing, you know, all those teams and, and Pittsburgh and all that. So it'll definitely be fun to watch. And, um, you know, I, I'm not surprised that but Ross Berger is struggling this year so far. I think that, you know, you're seeing a lot of teams switch just because of the, and, and like, you know, they, they were, they were good last year and now they're struggling this year. Um, and I think that that'll be a fun division to watch in the AFC. Cole, so I know you're a lot big into fantasy. Um, talk about your biggest surprise so far, fantasy wise, and your biggest, Biggest surprise positive and biggest surprise negative for players so far this year? Well, I would say the biggest surprise so far, Mike Williams is a wide receiver from Mm -hmm. the L.A. Chargers, and their offensive coordinator said before the season that they're going to use him like he did with Michael Thomas in New Orleans. I didn't even know that he said that. Nobody believed him, but Mike Williams is playing out of his mind right now. He's, I believe, top two in fantasy receivers. And negatively, uh, I would just say Jonathan Taylor. He was a second round pick in fantasy for most people and um Naheem Hines his backup is taking a lot of pass catching work so he's not getting a lot of carries so that's been disappointing if you own him which I do he's my top option yep. guy one of my leagues and it's just yeah. like like he's not even having trade value right now so yeah. hopefully and the Colts aren't playing well anyway so mm-hmm. that, that that doesn't help as well uh the NFC West uh, you see that the Rams took care of took care of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. um Seattle Seahawks though, what's going on with them? They're they're one and two now. They just don't look that. They just don't look great. And, and their defense certainly, um, you know, isn't having much of an effect. I mean, it's been a long time since the Legion of Boom. But even their offense right now under Russ is he's not playing poorly, but just doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have many much else going on. Uh, I don't know which one to be more frustrated about. It's the loss to Tennessee being up in that game, or just losing to Minnesota with the I wouldn't say a huge margin, but thirteen point margin is still pretty big. And I think that's you know they're struggling offensively and and defensively. They're just it, you know it's not ever been a, a fantastic, and so you know there's not much to expect from them. 
it's obviously it's a great division this year with Matthew Stafford, you know, in LA and, and Arizona playing well and San Francisco being being a strong team. So it's one of those divisions where like someone is going to have to be in the bottom, and it's it, it may be one of the better teams just because of you know who they're playing and and. I would say that Seattle's had some pretty decent games, but the Rams, you know, beat Tampa Bay, so they're they're definitely deserving of that three and zero record and being up top of that division. Who do you think is going to win? The, who I think we all assume that the Rams are going to win that division. At least they have the best yep. chance. Who do you think will finish second? Uh, I think the Forty ers will. I think Jimmy G is going to stay in for most of the season, and they're going to keep doing red zone packages for Trey Lance, but. This defense is still really good. It's not quite the 2019 San Francisco defense, mm -hmm. but their offense, they have a lot of weapons, and they almost just beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, so I think they'll come in second place. And with Seattle, I just I just think they need to run this offense through Rus Russell Wilson, just keep it close to the fourth quarter and let him make a play. Um, last season, they did that in the first half of the season, and then the second half, teams caught up to him. So I think they're in danger of finishing last in this division because – you know the Cardinals are three and zero. The Rams are three and zero, and they they haven't played any of these divisional teams yet. The Vikings game is a game you have to win if you want to make the playoffs. Yeah, don't sleep on the Cardinals either. I don't know. They they're one of those teams so far that don't look that great, but they keep winning games somehow. Mm -hmm. And Kyler Murray, I, I avoid him in fantasy every year because I'm like, there's no way that they're gonna let him do the same thing he does and run around. But so far, see, he has. Yep. Speaking of contenders, let's talk about four teams that uh, are surprising a lot of people. And basically, you can tell me you think if they're frauds or if they're actual contenders. That's the Panthers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Bengals. I'll go. I'll go first. I think Panthers could be for real. Uh -huh. um, I just think they're well coached, I, and I, I've always thought Sam Darnold could be a decent NFL quarterback. I just, yeah, you know, the Jets are just a dumpster fire, mm -hmm. uh, no matter who they have at the helm there. So I think the Panthers, though. I mean, without McCaffrey, um, we'll see. Yep. Hopefully, just a few weeks if you're an owner of his. The Raiders, I think. The only thing that could stop the Raiders, I think, is their coach in Gruden, and I don't mm -hmm. know. I just he, he hasn't seemed. I thought of Gruden and Mayock, you know, that kind of combination. I think Mayock has done the worst job of the two, and he was on the chopping block this year. If mm -hmm. you know, if they they wouldn't do well, but I, I just think Derek Carr could be serviceable. I think they have some, you know, a, a decent defense as well. I think they could pose a threat not to Kansas City in division, but definitely for a wild card. The Broncos, they have beat like the worst three teams in the yeah. NFL. So good for them. I mean, hey, it wins a win in the NFL, but like they could still finish six and twelve or whatever, six yeah. and eleven or whatever. Uh, and then the Bengals, again, they're a couple years away. I mean it's mm -hmm. nice to see them, you know, with Jamar Chase playing well and Joe Burrow. I think everyone likes Joe Burrow, I think in terms of he thinks he can be a decent quarterback in the NFL. But I think of the, of those four teams, I think the ones who can make the deepest run are the Raiders because I think they have mm -hmm. they have talent on there the Panthers could but um, they're helped by their their turp by the division because New Orleans is decent and Tampa yep. obviously that's probably two losses there so what do you think what do you guys think uh, well I think the Raiders it's been good to see them run this offense through Derek Carr uh, he's never really been able to unleash his arm like this they have a bad offensive line they have really no run game now Jacobs has been hurt and so I think it's just been Good to see Derek Carr show what he can do, and this defense wasn't strong coming into the season, but things are working out, and they're three and zero. And um, the Broncos, like you said, I don't expect them to be that great. They're a team that's a couple years away. They still need to fix the quarterback situation. And um, the Panthers, I mean, Sam Darnold's a talented quarterback. He has a lot of weapons around him: um, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, the rookie. I think that team could sneak into the playoffs. And um, yeah, I think there are a lot of surprises so far this season. Uh, I mean, I agree mostly. I think that you have to look at who they're playing. Again, Denver's played what Jacksonville, the Jets, and the Giants, and I mean they've they've been they've played well in those games. So those aren't the greatest teams. I I disagree with the quarterback. I think Teddy 
Teddy Bridgewater is a, a decent quarterback. You know, it, it's never going. They're never going to be a Super Bowl team, but it's a it's a pretty mediocre team. I, I wouldn't expect them to land in the playoffs. But uh, I really think the Raiders are, are just got lucky. I I think that yeah, you're right. I think Gruden's going to get overconfident, and they're going to start playing like they're some big big shot team, and then they're going to start struggling, and it's going to be like Gruden the last couple of years. So yeah. I, I I think that. I, I mean, I think Carolina might get a, a wild card spot. I just think that the Saints aren't ready for the playoffs. I don't think Jameis Winston's ready either. But you know, it, it, I mean, right now it's you can in the NFC you can basically see who's there and who's not there. Um, but you'll have, definitely have to wait until you know week six or week seven until you start getting that break. Because right now it's like a lot of teams are two and one. A lot of teams are really even. So you gotta you gotta wait a couple more weeks. And I'd like to give a shout out to my uh, Super Bowl pick from the nfc the rams are playing really well it's early yet it's and early my yet. and my mvp pick matt stafford's playing pretty well so okay i i could see that all right we'll see we'll see by the end of the year if that, that comes to fruition i could you know i'm starting to come around a little bit i still think tampa will turn it on in the second half yeah speaking of tampa we certainly can't go through this episode without talking about sunday patriots buccaneers biggest game <laughs> of the regular season in maybe decades oh jeez. <laughs> not so much the game itself because yeah like, the patriots yeah are gonna get waxed so you're not a Patriots fan. I'll start with you because uh-huh. your opinion doesn't really matter on this one because you're not a Patriots fan. But like, what? First of all, there's no comparison of of someone coming back to a Falcons game like that. But like, what do you? If you were a Patriots fan, mm-hmm. what? How how would you feel on Sunday if you were there? Like, it's, we'll talk about the two things: it's pregame and like the hoopla, and then the actual game itself. What would you do? I would be. I would get really excited and really amped up. I think that if the Patriots were able to win, this would go down as like one of the greatest games in history. Like Mac Jones takes down Tom Brady. Um, I think that it's going to be a slaughter. Like the Tampa Bay is going to destroy the Patriots, and and but I, people like I, I that the Patriots book just dropped the other day. Like they, the whole thing with Bill Belichick is like, oh, is Brady really that good if he doesn't have Belichick? And I think that he is, but um, I think that Belichick ha- had some kind of uh, play in that. But I'd be excited if I was a Patriots fan. I'm not really that excited. I'm a, I, I don't really. You'll care. watch it though. I don't, it's gonna be the biggest. Yes, you will. It's I gonna will, be the I biggest, ra- the most highly rated regular season game in NFL history. Well, I'll be the, uh, I'll, I'll be, the, I'll be the one person for at least who's the first not half, it. and then after that, you know, when the Bucks are up thirty-one to three. All right, <laughs> what about for you, Cole? I mean, I can't even begin to imagine being Tom Brady and coming out of the visitors' locker room in Gillette Stadium. But the game, I'm really worried it's gonna be a blowout. I mean, the Bucks' run defense is too good, and we like to run the ball. We're not gonna be able to do that because we're gonna be down most of the game, and our receivers aren't good enough for their yeah. secondary. That's my nervous because their secondary isn't great, the Bucks. That's their weakness. But, I mean, with John Smith playing like garbage last week yeah. and, and Bourne and, and Aguilar playing all right, but it really comes down to protection. I mean, offensive line, if they can't protect Mac Jones, I mean, mm-hmm. this, he had three picks the other day, but, I mean, he was absolutely mauled the whole day by the defensive line. So I'm going to the game, and uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to cheer for Tom 100% before the game, like whenever he comes out. Now, I'm worried, though, because he's talked a lot about, well, it's just another game, and I know he's, he has to say that, but – I'm hoping there's something pregame because, uh, first of all, if it's after the game, you know, who knows if I'm maybe going to stay there if it, the game is a total blowout. Yeah. Um, but they should, should do something. I mean, hopefully, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. Then during the game, I hope he throws a pick six on the first play. I mean, that would just be yeah. crazy. Um, I think he's going to get booed. I think I think he's legitimately going to get booed really 80% hard. 80% will cheer for him. Oh, during the game, like, here's the thing. I don't think anybody's going to boo him, but if he does something bad during the game, you're going to hear bigger cheers than you ever would. That's the thing. It's yeah. not going to be like, oh, boo, Tom. It's like, oh, he throws a pick. Yes, that's right. That's what well, you get. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's what's more important to them. It's seeing Tom Brady, you know, come back and, oh, it's like, oh, it's so nice. It's awesome. Like when Chara came back and played the first game back in Boston with fans. Or is it going to be, you know, let's go Patriots. Like, let's take down Tampa and show 
Brady, who you know, there's a trade there and left us. Like that yeah. is, is that, that first be quarter. The... It's going to be insane. That's yeah. usually when it's the most excited. Yeah. So we'll see. I'll have a full report next week. Um, I won't be in on Monday because probably going to be home at like three in the morning. <laughs> so next week we'll we'll talk about. It. Hopefully, Patriots keep it close. But I'm thinking it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be as big of a load as I think it's going to be like 31-17. Like, but it's not going to be even. I, w- I would love to see a good game, even if even if they lose, like up until the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, all right, we're going to do quick fire on two things before we head out of here. Um, NHL preseason starting, Zach. What are your thoughts on that? I know that your dad has some tickets coming up to yep, a game. Going to the Saturday is, is game. Taking you? Yep. To so the, he's, a, he's a Rangers fan, so it'll be it'll be fun to kind of go back and forth with him. But uh, I'm excited. Preseason's back. I love watching hockey, and um, it's definitely great to have for them to have a full preseason because last year they didn't have that. Uh, and it's definitely going to be a, a great year having all 82 games, and they're back to like the you can travel to any teams, That's not good. not just their own division. Um, and I'm excited. Cool. And uh, I just want to give a quick update on the Ryder Cup because I went to the Ryder Cup the other day um, over the weekend, and it was a really interesting experience. So the U.S. dominates Europe 19-9 to as the mm-hmm. final score. I had s- tickets on Sunday. Um, I saw Morikawa. I was really close when Morikawa hit the putt on 17 to clinch the last half point, um, guarantee the last half point. Just in general, I would say golf tournaments are really interesting to go to. You have to walk a ton. You mm-hmm. stand a ton. There's a lot of time you're not watching any action. Um, but the craziest thing is these guys are tiny. Besides Bryson, he's a monster. Yeah. These guys are tiny, like Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, like those guys, and they just crush the ball. Uh, it was a really cool experience. I don't know if I'll do it again. It was out in Whistling Straits, Wisconsin. My, Milwaukee was pretty cool, but um, Bryson DeChambeau was insane. On the yep. first, uh, we were at the first tee when he, when he hit the green, and he's just – he's growing on me a little bit. I thought, <laughs> you know, him and Brooks Kepka, I was, I was total team Brooks, but now I'm like, you know, I'm a little back on yeah. back on the, the train for both of them. All right, last, last question, Cole, as we wrap up. Favorite snack to eat on a football Sunday? Let's just say that you're at home, so you can't like go out to Buffalo Wild Wings uh, or something at home. You could have anything. What would you have and why? I would. Ha- I would have wings. Easily, <laughs> easily the best food. They're they're so good. They make they make watching football better. Your be- your favorite flavor? What would you say? You're a real spice guy, or you like the Parmesan or the teriyaki? What do you like? Yeah, I like I like spicy wings. I do. Yeah. 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 Zach, what about you? Buffalo chicken dip. Buffalo chicken dip. Yep. Okay, yep. that's a good one too. I make a really good buffalo chicken. Dip. Yep, it's just it's it's nice. It's not. I like mine a little hot, but not super duper hot. I want one that I can I can enjoy what I'm eating and not feel like it's super hot. But definitely like I I'll do that all the time. I should like I'll have I'll make one and then me and my dad will just sit there and eat it eat the whole thing. It's crazy. The, prob- the only problem with wings they're really tough to make at home really yep. well. Like you can cook you can bake them in the oven. They're not they're not the same. But yep. if you can get some fried wings, they're they're pretty amazing. So yeah, I would say. Buffalo chicken dip, also a French onion dip that you can get yep. out of the soup containers, the Lipton soup, French onion soup. You mm-hmm. know, all you do is add sour cream. It's that's my go-to game for game day, and that, on Sunday I'll be bringing that for sure. On that, so all right. Um, any last thoughts on on the week of sports? No. Nope. You guys want to give a shout out to your socials as well? You got a you got a Twitter feed going on. Yeah, uh, Zach Tarenko TATV. I just update kind of sports. I also want to give a shout out to one of my buddies, Robert Doherty, who's at Franklin Pierce University, and he was doing a couple of girls soccer live streams for Franklin Pierce. It's pretty cool, and um, it's nice to see him out there and enjoying that. So, you know, in college, which is which is great. Awesome. Any any shout outs? Just. Cole Purvis on Instagram. That's it. <laughs> All right. Keep it simple. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. So next week we'll have either golf or boys soccer profiled. We'll talk about TA Bond Eagle football and some other TA sports and see how how, how Tom Brady's welcome came back. I hope he doesn't get hurt in the next three days. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you later on Trojan Talk.